Hello, welcome to another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. And we are going live. Thank you all for joining. Um, normally we do our intro countdown and I totally forgot about it. So let's go do that now. Hi, welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Thank you for joining us live on Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. And today we're sharing an, another story of an individual that has come from a very interesting background and broken themselves into cybersecurity. Zenit Kamal. Uh, Zenit, you want to tell us a little bit about your background and where you started and how did you get here? Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me here. I know it's a long time coming. I was supposed to <laughs> join in last year, but then this year happened, but that's fine. Uh, my name is Zinat Kamal. I moved here to the U.S. Um, eight, nine, year, nine years ago now from Ethiopia. I had a legal background, law degree there. Um, worked there for a few years uh, and then moved uh, to Minnesota, USA, um, nine years ago, and then started, you know, the whole journey of moving into tech, um, going back to school and doing the certs and everything. But if you want me to go in detail about the whole journey, I'm happy to. Absolutely. We're going to get there bit by bit. Um, but let's talk about your experiences coming from Ethiopia to the States, because we know we have a lot of individuals that uh, come to the United States and sometimes they struggle a little bit with uh, getting adjusted and getting their first role. Do you want to share any insights of maybe what you did and how um, you were able to be successful in that for those that might be following in your journey as well there? Yeah. So when I moved here, it, you know, the goal was just to uh, get into a good university and then, you know, um, I mean, I've always wanted to get into technology. Uh, I, I never had that opportunity, you know, like the flexibility of switching uh, fields. That isn't an option. If you are in a social science route, you have to choose a couple of fields back then. So having that uh, flexibility, I think, okay, so this is the opportunity to do that. So it took me a while to decide where I want to go because there are ample things that you can do even in tech. But just mm -hmm. decide that it took me a while. Like I did a lot of thinking and then, I joined a local community college to do uh, computer programming, uh, you know, classes and associate degree. Two years later, completed that. Um, uh, there are struggles with that because I didn't have the background in, in computing and the math classes needed because uh, in law school, you don't learn those things at all. Uh, so I had to recall a lot of the things from 10th grade or high school, that type of things I had to do in fresh uh, so that I can get directly, you know, into my major, uh, into computer programming, you know, classes. And then it, it was intimidating as well. It's a lot of men, not people who look like me were in the classes. In a lot of the classes, I'm not talking about one or two. And then even transitioning to do my bachelor's degree into a four-year university, 
that was the same thing. And up until then, I haven't heard about cybersecurity at all in none of the classes. And, you know, learning about, you know, computer networking, computer programming, different languages, that type of thing. So um, it's a bit of a challenge, even at that point, you know, just, just getting caught up into a lot of those things, not having the necessary background. You know, it's kind of intimidating when people when we're talking about, you know, we've done this Python program in high school and I'm like, I don't have computer in high school. I didn't have a computer even in high school. We didn't have that access in, in Ethiopia. You know, I always talk about whenever I go to places, we had in 12th grade, one computer assigned to four, three people, one hour per week. And then we would be, you know, just, fighting to get a, a chance to get a stroke at the keyboard even you know that was the situation so getting caught caught up um with the with the concepts and everything was uh, was a challenge of course you know when you're transitioning so there wasn't a cyber thing up until then still okay one of our live um guests asked correct them if they're wrong but you've written a children's book and um, yes, you have, but we're going to get to that part in the story a little bit later. So let's not skip ahead. Um, yeah. So you're going through your associates, your bachelor's. You haven't heard of cybersecurity. Um, you're, you're catching up in all the math and aspects like that. Um, when did you hear about cybersecurity and why, why did you get interested in it? Yeah, so it was all the projects that I haven't decided that. So initially it was just to do, because I came here eight months pregnant and a three-year-old already in my hand. So the goal was like, okay, I'm going to do a two-year associate's degree program, complete it that successfully. I didn't have to do extra, you know, classes that get admitted because I was doing the catching up, you know, with the mass classes. And if you, you can do it, by the way, nothing to be intimidated, you know, because um, if I can do it, anybody can, because I didn't have that background, but it's still, you know, doing, um, you have a lot of math things that you have to be doing, you know, in, in computer, some of the classes, right, college algebra, you know, some of the necessary things to complete the program. And then um, it, I wasn't sure still, you know, completing the associate's degree. Also, oh, maybe I need to learn more so that I would have a perspective of what I might learn. And then join a computer science uh, program at a four-year university, right? And even then, it was the same thing. It was deadlines, doing a lot of projects, learning computer programming languages. And, and then last year of um, that, you know, four-year program, a computer science degree program, uh, there was a class in computer security and the professor, I'm always thankful for him, Professor Colleen, he, uh, you know, suggested there is a cyber defense competition that he's coaching, that he was soliciting students to join that to represent the university at that competition, CCBC, and that was in 2018, mind you, it wasn't a very long time ago, so I joined that just to see how things are and then participated. You know, it's a lot of self-training. It took months of Saturday trainings. Um, it's mostly self-teaching of um, a lot of the team to represent in a blue team. So it's a simulated for people who don't know what CCBC is, a cyber defense, a collegiate cyber defense competition where uh, there will be a team and then you'll be representing as a blue team and then a simulated um, environment, you'll be doing red teaming and the judge will be, you know. So I, first, I, I somehow managed to make the team. Uh, when we started, it was a full classroom of students, but it, it requires commitment. So. Uh, there were a few people that were left at the end, so I was representing the Linux team to administer that. Um, and, you know, everything is a new knowledge, right? So, but the fact that I was able to participate in that competition and just seeing 
the team interaction, a lot of the things just give me a perspective of what security might look like. You know, um, I think that is the initial spark where I am interested in security came from. And then afterwards, I started doing network class certification. You know, this is while I was doing my undergrad. Um, and by then, I already have the third child <laughs> in our life. So uh, it's getting pretty hectic. But I... Um, and then I did security class and CYSA. And then I started to get, you know, more and more interested. And at that point, I was also doing at a local government uh, internship in the IT department, just, you know, development type of thing, mm-hmm. web content management. And then, you know, I started looking for, okay, security internships, anything related to that. And that's where I landed in IT auditing, um, doing cybersecurity and risk assurance program at that local um, government organization where I was interning, which turned um, into a full-time job afterwards. So um, that's the journey and how I got introduced. And then I, and I started loving it, you know, so uh, that was the initial start, CCDC. That's what I always say. The, the, the CTDC. And then you were on the Linux team. So not even the Windows team, you're on the Linux team, which is, I, I would say, uh, harder for some because most getting used to a computer, they use the GUI versus using command shell and command line. So congratulations on that. On top of everything, with your growing family, I, I know that's quite quite a, quite a feat because when my son, son was younger and I was doing my master's and working, it, it, was, it was very challenging. So you got your first role in audit. Did that remind you of your legal background (laughs) a little bit i mean i wasn't i um it was more like you know yeah the controls and everything i mean a lot of the 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 skills are transferable right attention to detail and a lot of it and one while i was in that role i get to experience you know okay auditing different engagements in different spaces of cybersecurity within that same organization um, and then at, at that point, I started to pursue, even though I don't have the years of experience, CISA, you know, the, the, the CISA certification, I was able to, to get that uh, pending getting the experience. And, you, you know, you, you get some of the waivers and that type of things. Uh, but it, it was definitely helpful having that knowledge and, the, you know, the, the essential skills. I don't, I don't call them the soft skills, but it was very helpful. And um, just the learning just started from there. You know, you learn more on the job. So that was really helpful, yeah. Oh, what are some of the, tell, tell our audience about some of the extra things that you had to do, both on the mat side at home, home and the, the programming side for the CTDC as well as your continuous learning, because you make it sound all so easy that, um, you, yeah, you just did it, you learned a lot, but what did you do? How did you do it? I mean, with the CCDC, like I said, it was doing, it's uh, extra work, right? Do you have your undergrad full-time thing? There's the kids at home and there is, you know, the whole discovery of what do I want to do with the degree when I'm done. And then at that competition, you know, the goal is, okay, if I have like this hands-on work-like, you know, environment, maybe that's a good exposure. And then to, to try it too, right? So, uh, we ended up turning, you know, third in, in the state of Minnesota, our university that we presented. That was pretty great. And then 
I mean, of course, it does require a lot of um, time commitment, self-studying. Um, like I said, I didn't have those backgrounds. So it was like learning from the scratch. So I'm a good learner, I think, you know, and I learn fast. But um, it also takes time, you know, when you have to be in you know, dealing with kids and then doing, you know, completing your program at the same time, you know, finding something that you love to do, you know, in the process in finding your career, you know. Absolutely. So did, did you... The things that you did to learn, um, were they like just the stuff provided by the school? Did you go out and look at YouTube videos? Um, what were some of the resources that you used? Yeah, a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of uh, collaboration and just learning. And there were materials that they, you know, would be provided by the coaches and the captain of the team. Um, and then... Um, and then when I started the certification, of course, I got um, scholarship afterwards after the competition to do, you know, Network Plus, CompTIA and Security Plus and CYSA. Um, and then there was the internship. At one point, I wanted to drop the internship because there was so many things to do. But then I thought, you know, that is like the practical thing that I saw that as a way you know, uh, foot in the door. Um, mm -hmm. So I started talking about like my interest to be in cybersecurity to my a supervisor within that team, you know, when I was interning, and then to other interns. And surprisingly, and this is a lesson maybe for other people, it's always good to let know your intentions and where you want to land. That intern who listened, I mean, who knew about my intention of working and finding that related security related role within that organization, um, ended up being in someone else's, you know, supervisor's <laughs> um, ears. And then that that person wanted to interview me, connect me with the, with the, with the, with his boss. And then that turned out to be, you know, I was able to intern there for three months before graduation and landed a full-time job as a result. So I, I, I always say, you know, having that degree and then the certification and the internship, like in parallel sort of helped me, you know, I think um, speed up that, you know, building up that career and that, and then of course it still continues, you know, three or I think three roles later since I joined the field of cybersecurity. I'm, I'm every day Googling and learning and YouTubing and all of those things and, and pursuing certifications like, you know, up until now, um, you, you might have seen it in my bio. Like I'm always, it's not about, you know, having and accumulating certifications, but it's about getting that focus to learn about a specific thing at a time when I could be doing a million things because I'm also doing my uh, grad school program at Georgia Tech currently. Um, um, oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So four more courses to go. So hopefully by the end of this year, um, I, I will be uh, graduating from Georgia Tech with a master's in cybersecurity. So the learning continues. And I think that's the main thing, you know, the passion and, and the you know, willingness to learn and being coachable. Okay, so here's a question. Um, you mentioned that you were talking to another intern and they, they told their supervisor that you're interested in cybersecurity. Um, did you have to interview for that role or you ended up just getting the role because you were already an intern at that organization? Yeah, so it was a big organization, a very huge one, um, but... Um, so that person was his mentor. So he, he mentioned that to him. So he happens to be working in IT auditing and he's, he's a supervisor and leader that I, I, I truly admire to, to, to this day. And, um, he, um, he just, you know, emailed me and I, that was a surprise for me. Like, okay, now I want to, and then we just had a chat over coffee and then he just took me, um, to his supervisor to, 
introduced me to his boss where I, um, my, you know, the current supervisor that I was working for was willing because he know my intention and he's, uh, he wants us to land in spaces where we are interested. He said, you know, uh, even if you get paid from this internship, I'm letting you work, you know, internship a few days of the week there. That's how it started in, initially. And then I got transferred completely to that, you know, IT auditing, cybersecurity, risk assurance spaces. And then, you know, uh, three months later, the, the full-time job hiring has happened. And at that point, did I interview? I don't even remember. <laughs> but I did, yes. Yes, I did. So, um, yeah. So, you, this, that was your first role. Tell us about some of your experiences of growing, because oftentimes we, we hear of individuals that they might get their internship, they might get their first role, but then when they're applying for next roles, if they only stayed six months um, doing the internship, still trying to get that next role is sometimes a struggle for, for them. What was your approach in looking for your second role, let's say, and um, the job hunting that you did and how did you approach that? Yeah, so that was again in 2020, in the beginning of the pandemic. So I started completely, um, you know, remote and I had my first child by then. So I was just getting back from my maternity leave and um, yeah, I mean, the, so I had IT auditing, so I wanted to do the engineering aspect of it because I had the CISA and then, you know, a lot of the certifications that I had, I wasn't putting them into practice. So I had an interesting role uh, at the state of Minnesota, again, a state government. So I applied um, for an information security engineering role there, and that's uh, where I, I landed. So I just um, made sure that, you know, a lot of the certifications that I had, the skills that I gained even in IT auditing to translate into that engineering role when I was interviewing for that. Um, and those were very helpful. Um, but you talked about, you know, my first role, maybe coming here or, or back in Ethiopia. You know, when I moved here, I didn't start when I was in school, I worked in a library, you know, part-time as a librarian. Um, I also worked um, as a translator because fortunately I happened to have spoken, you know, English even when I came here. Um, a good one, good enough to be able to translate, you know, in, in the hospitals and for just for a, a little bit of time. So with, with the kids' schedule, it didn't work out, but I, I worked in that. And then back home, you know, my first job was as a legal um, expert in, in um well, I started as an intern in NGOs, uh, African Child Policy Forum. I worked there for you know the paid intern there, and then transitioned into um, um, a, a government organization where advising you know foreign investors coming into you know going into Ethiopia and wanted to invest in legally. What are their options? That type of thing. So I worked in the legal department there um, before moving here. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I think the question was more so. Um, when you when you might not have a lot of IT experience and you're going for that first or second role, and w what are some of the challenges that you faced while you were looking for that, especially in the pandemic? Now that you mentioned you're looking for that next role in the pandemic, what what was your search like? Yeah, I think the main thing is having that confidence because um, knowing that you know what I have is enough is is, is the main thing. I think for me, um, um, and and you know. I, 
I applied for that state role. I interviewed and, and, and I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of problems, but it's more so, you know, having the confidence and saying, I think if we're brave enough, I think we, we can achieve more than what we think that we have. So I think, um, just being bold and going after it is what helped me and just saying that, you know, I have the certifications, I have the degree, uh, what more to say? And I mean, I'm going to learn on the job. Of course, there will be things that I would know even joining that and having the world certifications. So um, I think believing in that has helped me and I've only worked two years prior to that. So, um, and, 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 you know, we always question ourselves, like, do we meet every requirement? And I am that person too. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I am, I am that person. But then I slowly started to learn that you know I am going to learn on the job. There will be some things that you learn, and if you don't make it, and someone don't believe in you, of course you won't get the job. So, um, yeah, there's that aspect to it. And then with my current role, I wasn't pursuing any role, and um, on, over LinkedIn, uh, somebody wanted to meet in that organization. So, and it turned out to be the perfect fit. So. Uh, I am currently working as a cloud security engineer um, at a Fortune 500 company. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, if you let's, ask me, let's touch on that. Let's touch on that subject. So, mm -hmm. you mentioned you weren't looking for a role. Um, you, I'm guessing by this point, your LinkedIn profile, which is a marketing tool um, for for yourself, uh, was good enough that someone reached out and wanted to to, to chat with you about another role. So, what did you what did you do or what would you recommend for individuals uh, to keep their LinkedIn profile up and ready so that they have that possibility of employers reaching out to them? Yeah, so LinkedIn, it's very interesting. I mean, I've always had LinkedIn, but I wasn't active until the pandemic. That's like the only way out. I mean, that's the only platform. Of course, we have other social medias, but I, I prefer LinkedIn in so many ways. So I have been updating stuff and started posting not so much but just you know um i think that has helped and you know with the continuous learning again it's not about the posting and everything but like having the continuous uh learning and um having those certifications I think um, as I was updating them and talking about them through posts, I think it has helped um, to show interest that you are heading into that direction. Even though I didn't think that I was ready at that point, I got approached. I was saying, oh, no, I'm not looking for a role. I'm really happy. I'm learning. I'm growing. I even got promoted six months later into a senior information security engineering role in the pandemic. And um, that I, I was really happy, but then, you know, the direction that I was heading, even though I didn't think it was that point, was into cloud security spaces. And I think before I say it, I think my profile spoke to that because uh, I was doing all of those things and attending, um, you know, um, Ashish's cloud security podcast. I'm a regular in that page. And I think the comments and everything and the algorithm works in a different way. I think on LinkedIn, you know more about that. So I think those things speak for themselves. So I think if you, I think letting your intentions be known and showing that interest, I think would invite other people to come to you, even if you don't think that you're ready for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, interviews, interviews later, I guess I am meant to be there. So I join and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Uh, so one of the comments earlier spoke to uh, your, your children's book. Um, let, let's talk about that and why go down the route of authoring a book and uh, explain to the audience what the book's about. 
Yeah, so in the middle of the pandemic, like I said, you know, <laughs> I have four kids, uh, three kids in three different classes, and plus a baby at that point, you know, when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, I was just getting back from my maternity leave to work, and then everybody else is home. So, um, yeah, so in 2021, which is last year, it's funny to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, mid, mid of 2021, I just decided to write a children's book because I was getting, you know, years of questions from my kids about, you know, my first book is titled Proud in Her Hijab, you might see it in the background. And I posted about it a number of times on LinkedIn as well. Um, and they were asking questions about, you know, uh, about their hair type and how they look different from their classmates, you know, over the years. And then the girls about their hijab, the head scarf that they wear. So I, I thought, you know, these questions come up a lot. Maybe it's happening in, a, in another family too. So maybe why not write a story of our own with the children's and characters that look like us? Uh, and we have hijab books in our home, like children's books, and there weren't many. So um and I think, you know, contributing that is to write it yourself. So I think, uh, and I didn't have any background in writing except, you know, homework submissions, of course. So just started teaching myself on Clubhouse and on online about self-publishing and learned that. And, and with the kids, you know, because they were at home too, you know, they were part of that process. Okay, we, we write the story and finish, you know, finished it. That was like in one sitting, the whole book. But then what do you do with it? It could have become a book. You know, you need to have illustrators, edit, professional editors, designers, and all of those aspects. And then you need ISBN, all of the aspects to it. I mean, it's 36 pages, but the work that goes into it, it's unbelievable. So um, just, it's been quite a journey and a very, very rewarding one. Just published it back in July of and three months later or four months later, it was published on Amazon, became Amazon number one bestseller, um, submitted it for an award and it also awarded, uh, you know, won an award um, under children's book category as well. Um, so yeah, that's been the journey. Uh, it's been received really well and my kids are proud. That's the most important thing. They have it in their classrooms. Their, their teachers are, displaying it in their classrooms and and I'm, i've been having it in different you know um libraries now um so it's going well and the sec a second one is coming up very soon oh, congratulations uh, yeah this one is uh, uh titled oh no hacked again a story about online safety so this one is also inspired by my children's again you know during the pandemic they were spending a lot more time online you know for distance learning purposes or gaming they're gamers a lot so i've seen more than you know two occasions that uh, two of my children uh, accounts were taken over um they're playing i'm not going to mention the gaming platforms but you, everybody knows it and when the book comes out they'll find out but uh they, they got they have been you know hacked and everything so i thought you know this would be a good idea you know to teach other children as well you know to know the importance of online safety as much as we're trying to teach them, you know, safety crossing the streets and, you know, mm -hmm. the, 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 world, the real world, that's how they say it in real life. And then, and then the digital world, right? So it's getting blurred, but I think it's important to teach them that. And then also uh, joining the industry in general, cybersecurity, it's not very diverse as you know. So um, to, you know, spark that interest with the characters that look like me and then my kids and, you know, diverse characters to portray those literatures um showing that you know cybersecurity can be a field that they can explore 
and pursue when they grow up, you know, as a stem. So it's really doing well. It's already in a, it's on pre-orders. It will be released in a few days, actually. So I'm excited about that. And it's been a, a number one new releases on more than six uh, categories on Amazon. So um, it comes with a coloring book and everything. So trying new different things. So um, uh, hopefully uh, it will be received well. So uh, I'm excited about that. But share, share the links, um, share Absolutely. the links of those books, and we'll include them in the chat as well. And um, so we're getting to the, the end of the half hour. And one of the questions that I, that I wanted to ask you is, you've gone through so many things, um, both education, moving, um, being in, in a space where you might not be in the, the majority of the population and... Um, there might be tensions around that. What are what are some of the, the the tips that you would share for someone that might be in a similar situation like that? And um, whether they want to join cybersecurity or not, but kind of follow in your footsteps. Not in cybersecurity, but just pursuing their goals in general, right? Uh, e- either one, mm-hmm. or both. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, if, if I were to start getting into cybersecurity, uh, it might be a different route because I just discovered it as I was into it. So, um, you know, getting a mentor has been, it's been really interesting. I mean, I've never had the concept of getting a mentor before back in when I was in Ethiopia. Um, it's always been struggle on your own. You know, you got to win by yourself kind of approach. I mean, that was never advocated for us. So I think uh, last in 2020 is when I, you know, officially had like a mentor and I reached out because of um, LinkedIn. I think there was a, an event for Black Cybersecurity OGs that was hosted. And, and on there, there were amazing professionals that were speaking about their journey. And then that's where I saw AJ and I approached him and he, he's been my mentor ever since. And it's been great. So I, I, I think I advise people, you know, to have mentors and follow people that they, you know, they want to be in a role, you know, in the future, like just to see what, what they're interested about and what they're posting and what, what's the industry saying about it, the topic that's going on in the area uh, of their you know, interest. But cybersecurity in general is like people would say, I want to get into cybersecurity, but it's a, we all know that it's a, it's not a one thing. It's a, it's a broad, you know, with seven to eight um, domains within it. So I think finding out your interest or from whatever field that you're coming, what, what is your passion? I mean, you can be in any spaces that you want from scratch, just like I did, you know, if I can do it, anybody can do it. That's what I would say. And just doing the research, finding out your area of interest, uh, connecting with people on LinkedIn, being active on LinkedIn. And I think that has been, uh, you know, since the pandemic for me, but I can speak to that. It's been great. Um, and then I like this one website that I always recommend to people, cyberseek.org, uh, where it gives you an idea of, you know, where you want to go from um, entry level to advanced and uh, intermediate to advanced level. It would give you, it shows you like the pathway. I like that website. Um, uh, I've always recommended that, you know, to see where where you might, you know, from any entry point where you might um, be interested and the skills needed and then, the, you know, what certifications might be helpful. You know, it gives you a picture uh, of where you want to go. 
So, uh, and then just doing something consistently, even on hard dates, like pursuing these certifications is not an easy thing on top of, you know, for example, doing a graduate school or writing a children's book or, um, or having a full-time job or, you know, dealing with the pandemic in general, right? We don't have to have any <laughs> specific unique um, problems. We all, we, we all have, you know, a, a, you know, a common problem that we're dealing with currently, especially. So I think committing to one thing, I think it's uh, important that, you know, to be consistent, even on hard days, like on the days that you don't feel like doing it and to get back at it and do it. And then to give grace to yourself and 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 giving a pat on the shoulder and saying that you know I have accomplished this much and what's next for me, and um, approaching that from that perspective, yeah. Well, well, one of the earlier comments um, in regards to your your point to confidence, it's awesome to hear. So I wanted to share that with everyone before we go. And to just to wrap up. Um, follow myself, follow Zainet on LinkedIn if you're joining us there. If you are on YouTube, hit the subscribe button with the notification. And if you're joining us on podcast, don't forget to share with all your friends and family. And we thank you all for joining us live. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye.